is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you about a couple of things, and they're related. The FBI, the raid uh, on yet another home of somebody else who really isn't doing. And the FBI, without any notice, came guns a-blazing early in the morning. Father of 11, hauled him away in handcuffs. It was an ugly scene. What's happening to our FBI is not good. But you know that. But why doesn't all of America know that? What's happening to us? I'll explain, give you the story, and re-emphasize the answer in 60 seconds. Yahoo Finance just put an article out this week with the top three reasons to buy gold. Seems like a pretty short list, you know, given how important investing in gold is, but here they are. One, gold acts as a hedge against inflation. Gold is easy to sell to raise capital in an emergency. And gold is a good portfolio diversifier. Okay, got it. Got it. Thank you, Yahoo, for coming aboard. Acts against the hedge against inflation. I think it acts as a hedge against insanity. Inflation is not what we're experiencing. We are experiencing and about to experience true inflation insanity because they're not going to stop printing. They're just they can't. We're at the point now, I believe, of no return. It's going to take a while to play out, but it's coming. So hedge against insanity. You can sell it. You can sell it for food. You can sell whatever, but you can sell it if you have it in any case. Also, it's good uh, portfolio diversifier, meaning if you got everything you have in your 401k and stocks or your IRAs, you're going to be in trouble when this stock market really takes a nosedive. Goldline just received a freshly minted batch of their gold legal tender bar cards. They are really good. They've been difficult to keep in stock since the equities market started crashing. Go figure. So if you are looking for it, the legal tender bar gold purchase this week, you'll receive a free Ben Franklin copper round, a free silver mind your business bar, and a free silver maple flex bar, all at no extra cost. The inventory is going to sell out quickly, so don't wait. Call Goldline today, 866 Goldline, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. All right. I want to uh, I want to play something from a podcast that I did on Friday, and we didn't really have time to promote. And I want you to watch or listen to the podcast. You can find it on, um, on uh, YouTube, or you can find it at Blaze TV. Um, it's, it's part of the subscription, and it is really, really good. We put it up on YouTube, on my YouTube page, because you really need to hear this. It's 35 minutes, but I'm telling you it'll be the best 35 minutes you will spend probably all week. Um, it is a, a professor of psychology, and he was going through COVID, and he realized that he's from Europe. He realized that what what countries were doing didn't make any sense. You know, he said everybody in Sweden was going to die because Sweden wouldn't go along with the rest of the world. And he said, and when that didn't happen, 
you would expect people to go, oh, look, what's Sweden doing? It doesn't really make a difference. And he said when they didn't do that and then the mask thing and, and then let's just try an experimental drug without telling anybody anything about it. He said, I realized we were in a different place as a world. So he started doing research and it took him back really to authoritarianism, which he says is very different because that is something that the mass participates in, for instance, Germans, Germans weren't being held by a dictator. They were being held by an ideology, an idea that was running through Hitler. Listen to what he says here. When you're anxious and you don't know what you feel anxious for, you feel completely out of control. But if you start to believe that your anxiety is caused by something, no matter whether it, is, whether it is true or not, and that there is a strategy to deal with that something, then you have a, an experience of control. You feel in control again. And also, you have an object to direct all your frustration and aggression on. So that's the first psychological advantage, the first step of mass formation, with the first psychological advantage of mass formation. And then a second step, something even more important happens because so many people participate in a strategy, for instance, the lockdowns, but it could also be the concentration camps or the mm -hmm. crusades or the which, mm. because so many people participate in the strategy to deal with the object of anxiety. They have the feeling to fight a collective heroic battle with the object of anxiety and they feel connected again. The loneliness disappears and they have a feeling of a new sense making again. You could say, of course, What's the problem? People felt lonely and now they feel connected again. Right. They were confronted with a lack of meaning making. And now they have the feeling that their life makes sense again. And they felt out of control about their anxiety and now they feel in control again. So what's the problem? Well, there is a problem. First, there always has to be a scapegoat at whom all this frustration and aggression can be directed. And also even more important, this new social bond, this new connectedness, is not a social bond between individuals. It's always a social bond between the individual, between each individual separately and the collective, meaning that in a mass, the famous citizenship, the famous solidarity that is so typical for mass formation is never a solidarity between individuals. It's always a solidarity between the individual and the collective, mm. meaning that, and it is even the case, that the longer the mass formation exists, lasts, the more all solidarity and love is sucked away from the bonds between the individuals and injected in the bond between the individual and the collective. And that makes that in the end, solidarity with the collective is much bigger than a solidarity with other individuals, leading to the famous paranoid state in totalitarian systems, where every individual is willing to snitch on every other individual, right. to report every other individual to the state, if they have the feeling that this other individual is not show, doesn't show enough solidarity to the collective. In the end, this leads typically, I've been talking with this woman, Shoray Fishtali, who lived in Iran during the revolution there, which was a huge scale process of mass formation. And she told me how she has seen how a mother reported her son to the state and how this mother hung the noose around his neck when he was on the scaffold. Mm. And when he was hung, she claimed to be a heroine for doing what she did. That is a dramatic end stage of mass formation. That's what we have to avoid, that it goes to this end stage. So 
What a brilliant explanation. He is under attack. Oh, I bet. All of the elites are saying, this guy's a right-wing enabler. He's not Mm. right. He's not right-wing. I've read the book. You should read the book. Uh, It is. It's called The Psychology of Totalitarianism. It is right on the money. And it is why I have said to you for a long time, if we go dark, if we go dark, you know, evil doesn't destroy things. It perverts things and twists things. Look at what's happened to the word equality. Equality mm-hmm. has been perverted. Freedom of speech is perverted. Tolerance. Tolerance. All of it is perverted. It, they don't destroy it. They pervert it. So what do you think is going to happen to us with all of our technology all of the the weapons alone that we have, we will become the darkest country to ever be on the face of the earth. We will go from the greatest country to the most terrifying country. Mark my words, it will happen because we're already starting to see signs. We're starting to see signs of doctors, doctors saying, if you didn't get the COVID-19, why should I even treat you? Why should I even treat you for anything? I, I saw an op-ed uh, from, well, it was a medium post of a doctor in Los Angeles that said this person I was working on hated black people. And, you know, I'm anti-racist. Do I have to help him? Am I, am I required to help him? Yes, According to the oath you took. Right. You are. You are. So when doctors and nurses are starting to say this, and you're also hearing this, let me just give you the FBI story. So the FBI, we know, has now deemed parents who speak up against their kids being, you know, forced to go to a transgender show. Or reading books that are com- wholly inappropriate, or having pedophilia normalized, or have them question their gender, all things, all of those we knew were bad five years ago. Five years ago, we knew all of those things were bad. We didn't even have to say it because everybody knew it. So today, it's fine. And the FBI, forget about Washington. I'm talking about the local FBI, the one that is in your state or your city. They are now being called upon to to investigate parents who stand up against this. Or they're going after and busting with handcuffs, handcuffs, 84-year-old people. The latest bust happened last week uh the pro-life father of 11 children this is not the one you heard at the beginning of the week this one happened on wednesday federal bureau of investigation arrested a pro-life father of 11 charging him with conspiracy who's the conspiracy theorist conspiracy against rights secured by the face act and committing face act violations remind me sarah i got to come back to the word conspiracy and how they're using it here 
Um, he said, when I opened the door and saw the guns pointed at me, they had long rifles. I asked them what they wanted. They said they were looking what they were looking for. And what they said they wanted was me. I had kids in the yard walking out to get in the car to go to school. I was about to take them to school. The other kids were in the house. So seeing that the easiest path to de-escalation was me in handcuffs, I stepped outside and put an end to the ranting and the banging and the yelling. After the FBI put him in handcuffs in the car, he said his wife came outside. She had been in the back of the house with her 18-month-old baby. She said, I, I want to know why you were banging on my door with a gun, she said. You're not going to tell me anything? The agent replied, and I've heard the tape. No, we're not. And she said, you're not going to tell me. And then he said, I tried. She said, no, you didn't. And he said, uh, uh, and he just got in the car. She talked to all the agents. None of them would even answer her. It was really horrible. Horrible. Now, here's the interesting thing. Eleven of the advocates, uh, they were pro-life advocates. With, uh, they were charged with a violation of Freedom to, of Access to Clinic Entrances Act for blocking an abortion clinic in 2021. So this is not a new thing. By the way, nobody contacted him. Nobody, no lawyer contacted him. It took him hours to get a lawyer and a lawyer to figure out what the heck was going on. After he was charged, he was just let go. He didn't have a cell phone. He didn't have a wallet. He was in a T-shirt and pair of pants, and he was 60 miles away from his home. He said, what I told the agents that arrested me on the ride into town since we had a nice hour of fellowship is that this is a beautiful tactic. If you want to suppress free speech and you want to strike fear and intimidation into opposition, you weaponize justice to go after someone to suppress. If you can get a large family like mine, you can also get all the children because all the children will have a memory of growing up, the big bad agents bang, banging on the door and taking away their dad. I think just the opposite, quite honestly. I think the, I think the opposite is is true i think the family uh and the children grow up thinking bad things about the government now um he has gone into more details about what was happening um he said his wife was still shaking and and fighting back tears uh as he was being carted off the family didn't receive any official information about the cause of the raid or Vaughn's whereabouts until six hours after the arrest. He was held in a federal holding facility and brought before a judge charged and then released without a wallet or cell phone. For over six hours, no one knew where I was and why I was kidnapped from my home at gunpoint. It took a good attorney six hours to be able to break through the bureaucracy and find somebody who knew what was going on. Um, Vaughn pled not guilty to the charges and promised to fight the legal battle to the fullest. In a statement to Town Hall, Vaughn called the FBI paid thugs out of an out-of-control Justice Department that must be reined in immediately. Now, if this isn't bad enough... <laughs> and it is. Uh-huh. If this isn't bad enough, Vaughn wasn't even at the sit-in he wasn't even there i'll t this will blow your mind i'll tell you what his participation was in 60 seconds
There's always plenty to be stressed out about every day. I mean, you listen to this show and having to get into the, you know, get into all of the stress of major things like, geez, buying and selling a home. That is already on the top five list of stress um, builders, uh, let alone doing it now. You need somebody that really knows the market, knows where you're living, where you're buying, can help you on both the buying and the selling. If you're moving across the street, we can help you. You're moving across country, we can help you. We can get the find the right real estate agent for you that is the best in your area, that lives up to all of the standards that we think are best practices. Uh, and they will help you sell your home fast and for top dollar. We also can find you a real estate agent where you're, list, where you're moving to that actually listens to what you are looking for and can help you get that at the best price. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So this guy and uh, 10 others were arrested for a a sit-in. A sit-in. March 2021. Did you know that you could protest and be in a sit-in that's happened all through the 60s and you could get 11 years in prison now? 11 Mm. years. Vaughn, the guy I just told you about, he didn't even participate in the sit-in. So what was his role? He acted as a mediator between the pro-life people who participated and law enforcement locally to ensure the protest was safe, peaceful, and as legal as possible. That's why it was it was coordinated, as these things always are. It was coordinated. He had called the the local police and said, hey, look, we're going to do a sit in on this day. What do we need to do to make sure that we're as legal as possible? And uh, they said, well, you have to do this, this and this. And it would be a misdemeanor. So we will take you away, but you'll be charged with a misdemeanor. Okay, great. So he's the guy that mediated with the local police. They all got misdemeanors, which was 100% appropriate. And what happens? The Justice Department gets wind of yet another local misdemeanor and decides to make it a felony. This is out of control. Now, let me bring it back to the psychology of totalitarianism. If this was happening to any protester that was peacefully protesting, peacefully, would you be for 11 years in prison and the FBI not giving them a chance to surrender? Now, Antifa, oh, I'm all for it. I'm talking about somebody who has called the local cops, doesn't want to you know, burn anything down. They're totally cool. They're in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. And maybe they have their grandchildren with them. And they've done all of that. Do you want the FBI involved in this? I don't. I don't. I'm wondering how they even were. 
what was this that makes it oh the act is probably they, federal. it's federal and right. they're the face act yeah and they've they're making this you're not supposed to be able to stop someone from going into an abortion clinic right well the last week it it wasn't the the, the hallway was clear person could come in they were mm-hmm. singing and praying yeah okay that's what they were doing this sit-in i'm assuming they're doing the same thing i don't know if they actually blocked the door but that is federal but is this justice in america you already have half the population remaining silent on the abuse from the fbi remaining silent on all of the stuff that has gone on and is actually sitting there and remaining silent when a president of the United States says, you know, anybody who voted for Trump, 90 million people, they're all terrorists. The Glenn Beck Program. Where do you think that ends? Sometimes it's hard to live um, and live up to being the person you want to be, you know, to Do you succeed every day? When you're walking around with pain in your life, it's hard. It is hard not to snap at the kids, not to snap at your spouse, not to snap at work. When you're in pain, it's really difficult. And your body is screaming at you and you can't do anything about it. Thankfully, I and thousands and thousands and thousands of others have found a way out of it. Give Relief Factor a try. You might find your way out. The three-week quick start developed just for you is $19.95. It's a dollar a day like a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. Says a ton. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. 800, the number 4-RELIEF. Get the 1995 three-week quick start developed just for you. relieffactor.com or call 800, the number 4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. Check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, every weekday, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern or anytime and anywhere you get your podcast. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We're glad you're here. I want you to listen to the podcast that I recorded on Friday. You'll find it on YouTube. You can uh, find it on Blaze TV now or wherever you get your podcast. It was uh, Saturday's podcast. And it was really on the, um, the idea of the psychology of totalitarianism. The guy who came up with this is uh, Matthias Desmond. And he has a theory called mass formation. And he went back to, um, oh, what's her name? Hannah Arndt. I can't remember her name. She's a woman who did the study of the Nazis after the war and tried to figure out how did this giant group of people go insane? How did that happen? They were, many of them were scientists. And the ones who were some of the worst were the doctors and the nurses and the scientists. How did they disconnect from reality? So he starts looking into this because he says mass formation is happening right now and we have to stop it. And he said it's happening all over the world and it's got to stop. He says it's basically a hypnosis and it uh, it 
destroys your ethical self-awareness and robs you of the ability of thinking critically. And he said, it starts out slow. Things just don't make sense. You feel out of control. You're lonely. You know, you have nowhere to go and you feel helpless. Nothing. You can't fix anything. And then somebody steps to the plate and says, it's these people. And you focus on the enemy and that gets stronger and stronger as they're making less and less sense. And you just shed all of your thinking because that enemy is too dangerous. Um, he is he is under attack right now. Uh, the Associated Press claimed psychology experts say the theory is not supported by evidence. But what? read the book, read yeah. the book, listen to the podcast. Thirty five minutes, best thirty five minutes you'll spend all week. Um. The best we can do is look for a solution. And that's what I what I asked him about a solution. And he said this is existed from the beginning, from the beginning. And he basically echoed what I've been saying forever. We cannot let the human heart close. Once it's closed, then everybody will be into eating each other. And he said, you'll rat on anybody. You'll. You know, you'll kill anybody. It won't matter anymore. And he said, we have to stop that. And, you know, if you look for a, a solution. Let me just tell you the story again about he that cast the first stone. He without sin cast the first stone. You know, cast the first stone is in our language for a reason. You don't have to be a religious nut. <laughs> It's in our language for a reason. So Jesus is being hunted now by the Pharisees. They they want to do anything they can to stop him because he's a challenge to their power. Just look at this as a political example here. Okay, he is uh, he's a guy who's saying, look, God is one on one and he forgives you. And these guys, you know that's not really they're not really telling you the truth there about power and he's disrupting absolutely everything and he's going directly to the people well the people with power didn't like it and so the pharisees and the scribes they come and they um they storm in jesus is standing there and they throw this woman at his feet and she had supposedly been caught in the act of adultery and they said, the law of Moses has ordered us to stone anyone like a woman like this. What say you? Now, Jesus knows they are, they're testing him. They didn't care about the woman. Does any of this sound familiar? They don't mm -hmm. care about the woman. They wanted to force him into choosing between the law of Moses and the law of Romans. Because the right... If, if, if you want to be right with the law of Moses, that forbids adultery and thou shalt not commit adultery. Seventh commandment mentioned 52 times in the Bible, blah, 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 blah. And in Deuteronomy, it says, let's see if I can quote it here. Death is fixed as the penalty for adultery, both women and men. So the man and woman both had to be stoned to death if they were found guilty of adultery. Got it? Mm -hmm. 
But at the same time, the Romans had a law. And the Roman law was supreme. It was illegal under Roman law for the Jews to execute anyone. Only the Romans can do it. That's why Jesus was crucified and not stoned to death, because they couldn't. So they proposed to him, which is it? Should we stone him to death, which would be in the law of Moses, but would break the Roman law? Or should we not, which would be in line with the Roman law, but break the law of Moses? That's when... Jesus says, hey, let he, without sin, cast the first stone. They wanted to incite a lynching, quite honestly, and it would eventually succeed with crucifixion. Lynching and his crucifixion was mass formation. Let anyone among you cast the first stone. Shouldn't that be said more often? Wouldn't we understand each other? They, they were stunned. They were ready to sacrifice the woman. They were ready for him to be turned into the Romans. But they didn't know what to do. So they just kind of quieted down, turned around and walked away. <laughs> Later, he made it clear that the Pharisees were the offspring of Satan because their motives are evil and that they were dishonoring Jesus and unable to comprehend the meaning of his words. How do they respond? Throw rocks at him. In his story, Jesus showed us how to escape the terrors of the angry mob. In the book, The Psychology of Totalitarianism in Mass Formation, the individual must, I'm quoting, at all times, shows that he submits to the interests of the collective by performing self-destructive, symbolic, ritualistic behaviors. Mass formation as a form of hypnotis, uh, hypnosis is a phenomenon where each individual are in the grip of the resonance of a voice, the voice of the leader of the crowd. The person who commits the first act, usually of violence or intentional nonviolence, becomes the leader. The person who commits the first murder is a murderer. Everyone else who murders is an imitation. They're just a follower. And personal responsibility becomes group responsibility. Why is the stone the hardest to throw? Because it's heavy with a weight of responsibility. He who is without sin cast the first stone because once the first guy does it, everyone. Jesus just flips the table. Instead of violence, he spreads nonviolence. When asked about the greatest commandment again after being trapped, they're trying to trap him again. Jesus said, love your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. That didn't happen back then. It's not really happening now. If you obey just those two, there's no reason for any of the other commandments to even exist. The only way to overcome totalitarianism and mass formation 
is a lo- uh, is a life of love, service, and nonviolence. John wrote, "Whoever does not love, whoever does not love, remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer." This is going to be really hard, really hard, because they have only just begun. But there's got to be groups. There's got to be. And I think the first political imprisonment that I can think of in our country is happening right now with these people. And I'll bet generally they're Catholics who will go and do a sit-in at an abortion clinic. And they'll be charged with a misdemeanor. But then the police will come and guns a-blazing. The FBI shows up and tries to charge them with a felony for 11-year sentences. They're not, they're not going to jail for 11 years because they did something really wrong. This is freedom of speech. A sit-in is freedom of speech. They are trying to silence you, trying to make you quiet down. Get in line. Don't you dare stand up. The only way to win at this point is if you do, with love in your heart, peace on your hands, if you stand up and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not participating in this. I will not say those words. I will not comply. Back in a minute. Some companies do a good job. That is to say, they sell their product and then get out of your way. That's great. And then some companies go above and beyond the call of duty and rise to the truly extraordinary. Right now, let me tell you about my Patriot Supply. It is still donating 10% of all of their proceeds to Mercury One's relief efforts in Florida. 10%. That's remarkable. Listen. You need to have a stockpile of um, emergency food from My Patriot Supply. If you haven't orders, ordered yours yet, don't wait around. There's no telling when you might need it. My Patriot Supply is offering a 20% discount on their three-month emergency food kit when you order at preparewithglenn.com. So go there today and get one or more of them. Everyone should have a three-month emergency food kit. Everyone. Please. Please don't dismiss this. They ship fast, they ship free, and most importantly, they ship discreetly. Three-month emergency food kit. Don't tell anybody about it. Just get it. Hold it. You might have to be somebody else's uh, lifeboat or savior um, if things get really bad, but you are responsible for your own family. And right now, 10% of all of the profits are going to the relief efforts in Florida. So it's a win-win for everybody. Go right now to preparewithglenn.com. Preparewithglenn.com. Grab your 20% discount. Help the citizens in Florida at preparewithglenn.com. The Glenn Back Program. Miss a day? Miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today and never miss a moment of truth.
Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hey, a couple of other things. There's another whistleblower at uh, the FBI. And I love the fact that these whistleblowers are coming out and coming to Congress. I really do. And I appreciate it from every one of them. But you know what? Uh, FBI agents, local FBI agents, you better save your institution because it's losing all love and credibility quickly. And uh, what would help that is people coming out on the local level and going, what happened there was wrong and I won't go there. We won't go there. It's certainly not Ephraim Zimbalist Jr.'s FBI. (laughs) No, it's not. Remember the FBI we loved in color? Yeah. And you'd respect the FBI. You revered it. Eh, not so much right now. Yeah, we probably shouldn't have revered it, Mm -hmm. but we should should respect it if it's on the up and up. But it's not. Um, Here's the latest. Apparently, according to an internal Justice Department record... uh, the FBI and the Justice Department have avoided holding the FBI accountable. Hundreds of employees at the FBI have either resigned or retired from the Bureau after being accused of sexual misconduct. A whistleblower has come out um, and said uh, that hundreds, hundreds of people, there is a now unclassified Justice Department document from the Office of Disciplinary Appeals titled Retirements and Resignations During the Unwelcome Sexual Conduct Adjudications. Uh, And it is dated uh, through 2020. The results of the um, investigation from 2004 until the end of the review, 2020, 665 FBI employees, including 45 senior executive service level employees, have retired or resigned following an FBI or uh, DOJ inspector general investigation into alleged misconduct. But prior to the Office of President uh, Professional Responsibilities issuance of a final disciplinary letter. They said they said that um, the FBI agent who was in charge of the agency's field office in New York had sexually harassed eight females before finally he was allowed to retire. This Mm. this organization is corrupt from the bottom to the top. And our friends and our neighbors who might vote differently uh, than us need to see this. If you if you really care about women and sexual harassment and me, too, the FBI is the last group of people you should be supporting until this is all exposed and cleaned out. There needs to be real fumigation in Washington, D.C., to get the people who don't live by our laws out of our government, especially those who are enforcing the laws. All right. We will see you back here tomorrow. Thank you, Pat Gray, for sitting in for uh, Stu, who is, I don't, I don't know, probably, no probably doing a sit-in. The Glenn Beck Program.